Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan. Most of you know who I am. If you're new here, welcome. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting to, what's that wrong, Kirsten or Kristen? Kirsten. Kirsten. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's Kirsten Green. We don't often use people's first names. Like, I don't know. Like, well, you say hello to someone, but they don't always follow it with like, Hello, Kirsten. How are you? You know what I mean? Like we, we tend yeah. to, I don't know. Um, anyway, I, like I, I yeah. diverge. <laughs> yes. She's a practicing naturopath, nutritionist, and Western medicine herbalist uh, since 2008. So, wow, that's going on a few years now. Uh, she specializes yeah. in working with clients who have SIBO. So, we'll jump into that today. But basically, as a lot of you know, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth um, and other associated digestive issues so her primary focus really is helping women heal their digestive issues which is so important but on top of that having that loving relationship with their body and food so not just healing what we sort of call the root cause but having that relationship which is so important and having been through her own SIBO journey and suffering digestion issues Kirsten's super passionate in this area and can relate to whatever she is going through so thank you for being here today it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast thanks Sheridan lovely to be here so for those who haven't heard of you before and your amazing SIBO work and SIBO following because I mean I followed you on Instagram for many years now and you have such a great space on educating creating awareness around SIBO which I think is really really important can you backtrack through your journey and who you are and what you do and how you sort of became a bit of a guru in the SIBO space Sure, I can. And thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's so sweet. So I wish I didn't know as much about SIBO as I do, but um, I kind of fell into it and I make little jokes that I popped out the womb on the digestive backward. As long as I can remember, I always had digestive issues. And so part of my big thing is not just being, not just fixing your digestive system, but having that easygoing relationship with food. And I became a naturopath just as a way to feel better than I did. I always felt that food was such a struggle. And I noticed like my behaviors with food as a teenager, I was always trying to not eat. Um, and it wasn't from a place of trying to be skinny. The most teenage girls are, it's just that every time I ate, I felt bad. So every time yeah. I ate, I got a sore tummy. Every time I ate, I got tired. Uh, I also couldn't figure out why I got fat so quickly. And it wasn't that I was getting fat, I was getting bloated. Yeah. Um, so bloating ideally shouldn't really happen so ideally what should happen is after we eat a meal we pretty much feel the same and we don't even think about it but I was kind of obsessed with food and what it would do to my body and always trying to feel better than I did and I was putting in the effort but not getting the rewards for it and 
I kind of fell into naturopathy because someone actually gave a talk about it. I had never even heard of what a naturopath was before. That sounds amazing. I need to do that for a living. And here I am today. So through studying naturopathy, I learned so much about our bodies, about our digestive systems, about food. And we get taught that a vegetarian diet is the healthiest diet out there. So I went full on vegetarian. I was like, yes, this is going to make me feel amazing. I'm going to have so much energy. And I just felt so bad. I felt the worst I've ever felt in my whole life. I was tired all the time. I had brain fog all the time. My skin just broke out terribly. So I had so much adult acne. It was so embarrassing. I gained about 10 kilos, which is about 22 pounds. Um, mm. My body was stiff and sore all the time and trying to study. My concentration was terrible because I always had brain fog. Mm. So it was so frustrating to like, put in all this work and not get the results that you're chasing. And then... I got into a low-carb, high-fat diet, and then I felt amazing. I was like, oh, my gosh, I found a grail. This is it. So I'm going to be amazing. So when I hear that now, and a bit of a hindsight, so when I hear someone doing well now on a low-carb diet or the keto diet or the carnivore diet, I just get alarm bells that their digestive system is out of whack. So what was happening with me was that my body just couldn't digest fiber. So even though technically I was eating a healthy diet like a vegetarian diet all the lentils all the hummus all the things because my digestive system couldn't handle it it was unhealthy for me and I was just a walking toxic mess mm. so the answer is not to not eat fiber the answer is to <laughs> fix fix your body so you can digest the fiber so I found out that I got had SIBO um, in 2016 so was that six years ago now yeah but I probably had it a long time before then yeah. and I managed to get rid of it one round of the herbal antimicrobials wow, and that's good after, that was really cool yeah. didn't mean that I was better it yeah. meant that I got rid of my SIBO yeah. yeah so afterwards I thought amazing I'm gonna <laughs> be able to eat all foods and all of that and that absolutely was not the case yeah so I had about a better had about a year of work after that to feel like okay I'm good now I feel healed I can eat the foods again and I got to a place where I realized gosh it's been a long time since I've even thought about bloating it's been a long time since it even crossed my mind and yeah I think that's the place that we should all strive to be is like to forget how sick that we used to be so, yeah. yeah wow that's yeah and that is that what then led you to do what you do in this journey and help women specifically with SIBO in a sense because you know you know your own transformation and also how much it can affect your quality of life totally totally totally, totally. Yeah. so I know it I know it's inside out and I can get super nerdy so yeah. I get lost in research and all the yeah. things and there's research on paper and then there's what happens in real life so yeah. working with clients for so long now, I'm so good at it and I understand all the different things and it brings me, it brings me so much joy as well. So it's yeah. you know, not purely selfless. I get a lot of joy from seeing people feeling good um, and it's not just the SIBO. So I learned myself as well. And it's not just the physical. I learned through myself as well because part yeah. of my journey was I, after getting rid of SIBO, I got into like this binge eating cycle, which I needed to do lots of emotional work to sort that mm -hmm. out. And now I feel like I'm in such a good place and hardly even think about it. Yeah. Really so cool. who told you to get SIBO testing? Because for me, my biggest struggle was after I fell sick in Bali and had all these digestive issues, it took me a couple of years to find someone to say, get the stool testing, get SIBO testing, get Dutch testing. And for me, that was the eye opener in itself. Yeah. It was actually a conversation with another naturopath friend of mine, which is why I think, 
it's so important to try and not self-treat because we don't see our blind spots. So mm. a friend of mine came to visit me. I was living in Bali at the time as well. Yeah. And in Naturopath College, I could only really touch on SIBO a little bit. And what mm. I knew of it back then was like, oh, yeah, eat the low FODMAP diet and you'll be fine. <laughs> <Not okay. laughs> so just um, with, uh, and back then I was like super restricted with my food. So I was like restricting, 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 just trying not to feel so bloated and bad all the time so I wasn't yeah. eating very many vegetables back then yeah. and I was like no I want to eat healthy and we went out for this restaurant we had the sweet potato fries we had falafels we had all these things and my stomach just got bigger and bigger and bigger and I lifted up my top I was like look what happened she's like you're sticking it out I was like no I'm not yeah. <laughs> and so then it was actually my friend of mine that's and then she was like have you considered SIBO I was like oh actually that fits I should yeah. test for SIBO and when I got the result, it was it was great and it was also horrible. It was great because finally, after like what 32 years, it's like here's an yeah. actual thing that's wrong with my body. It's not all in my head. Yes. This is something I can work with. And then also it was not so good because I made the mistake of getting stuck in their Facebook groups and everyone in the Facebook groups is just not getting better. I was like, is my life over? Is this is this how I'm going to be forever? Yeah. But yeah. So did the SIBO test. Um, I even got it shipped to me in Bali. So you can get a test kit sent out to you anywhere oh. in the world. Um, there's, there's labs worldwide now. So wherever yeah. you are, don't, yeah, don't stress if there's no doctor in mm. your local area that will order a test for you. You don't need anyone to give you permission. You can just yeah. order a test and get that tested. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. What a journey. And I found that is, that is the biggest thing. Like you, you go through those process and like you said, you actually have an answer for something. And I think I resonate with that so much because I've been through that binging or that restrictive eating or the this and the that, um, and then you start to yeah. go, is it in my head? Or I'm just reacting to everything. And then finally, when you do some testing and you're like, I've got all this bacteria and parasites and yeast and you go, oh, it sucks, but it's also it's amazing because you're like, yes, I feel like I've got something. Yeah. And then you can make a plan and then you can do yep. the plan and then you actually can get better. Yeah, so. for sure. So for those who don't actually know what SIBO is, can you give us a bit of a breakdown? What actually is SIBO and, you know, what causes it? How did you get SIBO in the first place? You know, you were so healthy. Yeah, yeah we think so. Yeah. So... SIBO stands for Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth. Also, there's another acronym going around at the moment called EMO, Intestinal Methanogen Overgrowth, because mm -hmm. the guys that produce the methane gas are actually archaea, they're not bacteria. And it's an overgrowth of bacteria in your small intestine and not necessarily bad bacteria. More commonly, it's actually just part of our natural flora. It's just got into the wrong spot. So the small intestine should be relatively sterile. It's where we digest and absorb most of our food. So if the bacteria have managed to get in there somehow, it's like they get first dibs on your food. So they eat your food, particularly fiber, the highly fermentable fiber, they love it. And so their digestive process is through fermentation. So that fermentation releases the gas, which is why we get so much bloating. So bloating is probably the most common symptom, not for everyone, but I'd say mm -hmm. about 85% of my clients have the bloating. You'll end up often with food intolerances, um, digestive issues, bowel issues like diarrhea, constipation, alternating between the two. Um, you can get this feeling of fullness very quickly, but not for everyone. Pain sometimes, it's not as common as you might think. Um, there's a couple of different kinds of SIBO, which is why it's so important to test because you don't want to treat for SIBO if you don't have SIBO. And the mm -hmm. symptoms can be 
similar if it's a small intestine issue or a large intestine issue. The treatment's so different. So having that information from the test is so important. Because then if you do have SIBO, there's three different kinds of SIBO. We have the methane SIBO, um, which seems to be a little bit harder to treat. Then we have hydrogen SIBO. Uh, the methane is now the emo. And then we also have the third one, the hydrogen sulfide SIBO. Mm. And the treatments for each of those are different. So if you just going to go with which I see sometimes it's like people say well can't I just treat for SIBO and just kill everything and start again it's like, no you don't want to do that because you'll end up worse off than where you've gone before so the treatments are quite different so you need to know what you're dealing with to do the correct treatment so you can get better faster and the reasons why we can get it um, on a broad sense it's pretty much a breakdown of defense mechanisms like our body is amazing at keeping everything going we just need to give it the right environment and it pretty much does its thing when it's in a working order so sometimes our stomach acid can be too low and then we can because we're always swallowing bacteria so then the bacteria doesn't get killed on the way down it can end up in your small intestine or sometimes we can have a faulty functioning ileocecal valve this is a little valve that connects your small intestine to your large intestine and you can actually feel where it is so if you draw a diagonal line from your belly button down to your right hip, that midway point is where the mm. ileocecal valve is. So if anyone listening, if you ever get any cramping or pain around that area, it could be an inflamed ileocecal valve. So you might want to be looking into that. And then the bacteria can kind of retrograde flow up into your large intestine microbiome. Uh, poor motility can be another reason. So motility is movement through your digestive tract. And we have this little thing called the migrating motor complex, which I kind of like to describe as like, if you imagine a snowplow pushing the snow along the road, so it's pushing through your food, it's also pushing through bacteria, yeasts, parasites that tend to build up. So if that's not coming along and sweeping everything through, then it builds up and it gets a little bit festy. Yeah, but underneath or behind all of that, the most common cause that I see is prolonged stress. And no one likes to think that they're stressed, but the lives that we have nowadays are so full on. Like, <laughs> and what we've been through the last couple of years, and we're rushing to the school run, and we're rushing to work, and we're eating on the go, and we're doing all these things. So when our body is in that stress mode, it's in the fight or flight mode, then digestion gets shut down, which means stomach acid production gets shut down, which means the less enzymes are produced, which means motility is slower. Mm. So all those things that just said often come along from being in a prolonged high stress state mm. yeah. so many things so with figuring out if you've got SIBO then you said most people obviously have bloating and then can have quote unquote IBS irritable bowel syndrome which mm. we know is just an umbrella term for some of these root causes going on but yeah. if someone is presenting with those signs and symptoms and things how do we know what type of SIBO we have and if we have SIBO what's your testing methods that you use yeah, so you have to do the test. You can't go by just the symptoms. Uh, I'm a great example. So typically, the methane SIBO can cause constipation because the methanogens slow down motility. And quite commonly, the hydrogen SIBO is associated with loose stools. However, my methane is absolutely fine. I had off, literally off the chart hydrogen, but I was also constipated because there's so many other reasons why we may be constipated. So my large intestinal microbiome was so out of whack because I'd been restricting my vegetables just from not trying to be constipated. And so, so many things can cause constipation. So you need to know for sure what kind of SIBO you have. So you do a little breath test that you can do at home. You can't diagnose SIBO through a stool test. A stool test is looking at your large intestine. SIBO is small intestine. 
So you do a bit of a prep beforehand. There's certain medications that you want to avoid leading up to the test. And then you do one or two days of a prep diet, which is designed to reduce fermentation in the small intestine. And then to do the actual test, it's a three-hour process and you're doing breath samples every 20 minutes. So you're just breathing into a bag, collecting the thing through a little tube. Then you send that off to the lab. You get the results back within about a week. To interpret the test is the next important thing. Um, one common mistake I see people making sometimes is almost almost wishing that it was SIBO, so like over-diagnosing SIBO. And because I've been at this so long now, I get clients coming to see me that have seen 9, 10, 11 practitioners before me. And I look back over the years at the test results and that first test result back four years ago, I would not have classed as SIBO. Now they've mm -hmm. gone through multiple rounds of treatment. Now they have SIBO because everything has just been stripped bare and so out of whack. Wow. So... I know it's so sad and it's not just it's not just putting in money for that treatment it's time it's energy it's well, effort it's yeah I actually, worse than you were before yeah I actually see that as well like I had a lady come to me the other day and she's like um she had a SIBO test result and I didn't recognize it because I use a different one than the one that she used and she's it was negative and she's like oh, I've been working with a practitioner we've done three rounds of SIBO treatment because my symptoms are talking to SIBO even though I don't have it on the test I was like like I just was just like I was, yeah I was so surprised I was like I but then I mean yeah. that's just not how I would practice but I do see that I see that a lot or if they're not testing and then they're doing SIBO protocols or antimicrobials for it and I'm like it's just scary because your microbiome is so delicate <laughs> I know it's so sad if you think like nature is such a good representation and I try to describe like say you had some a really overgrown garden mm. and you only focused on weeding you're not going to have a nice healthy garden like you need to make sure the environment's right you need to make sure your soil has nutrients you need to make sure that's hydrated you need to make sure it's the right amount of sunlight so in terms of like your your gut and SIBO and your microbiome if you only focus on killing which I see people get stuck there because they still have mm. symptoms it's like kill kill yeah. kill 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 and the symptoms yeah. keep getting worse and doesn't might not make sense to someone that doesn't understand what's going on because we need our microbiome we need good bacteria to help us with our final stages of digestion mm -hmm. and so we need to get out of the restricting and the killing to help regrow yeah. so if um anyone listening has their test results so i encourage you to go back i'll tell you how to what to look for so the first thing i look at is the methane which is the ch4 so you can look at the baseline number which is the starting number we want that to be under five. If it's five and above and the test prep was done correctly, so the food prep is, there's no fiber, so it's pretty much chicken, white fish, eggs, rice, if you've been eating rice, only the basmati and the jasmine, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of coconut oil, and that's pretty much it. I've seen some people come to me and they say, oh, no, I was allowed to eat strawberries and smoothies. I was like, but that's going to create fermentation. So what you're measuring might be from the food, not from what's going on mm. otherwise. So then, um, based on the North American consensus for diagnosing SIBO, for the methane, you're looking for a rise of 12 ppm, which is parts per million, over the lowest value within the first 90 to 120 minutes. So after the 90 to 100 minutes, we, 120 minutes, we do want to see a rise because this is showing that there is some fermentation in the large intestine, which is what we do want. So that first 90 to 120 minutes for most people, that is the small intestine transit time. So you're looking for a rise of 12 for methane. And then for hydrogen, same, same, but you're looking for a rise of 20. And not just 20 and above, but a rise of 20 over the lowest number that came before that. 
and that's how you look for the hydrogen and the methane. And then the third one, the hydrogen sulfide, the only there's only one company that tests for it at the moment in the States. So you can't get it if you're not in the States. Mm -hmm. And then you're looking for five and below. It's a trio smart test. I'm sure we'll get it at some point. But you can, yeah, you can also see potentially what's going on from the normal breath test. So if you have a complete flat line, so from zero to one, zero to one, not, not more than that, within for the full 180 minutes. So not the first 120 and then rise, because that's actually a normal ideal what we want to see test and um, so that would be considered a flat line the whole three hours through and then that could potentially indicate hydrogen sulfide SIBO because it's being shunted down that pathway so it's not being available to be captured um, on the gas yes yeah those are the different kinds yeah interesting so when you've gone through that removal stage like i said a lot of people have and you're saying well we need to rebuild and regrow that microbiome but if someone's still got all those symptoms how do you gently reintroduce those foods and things without mm. you know someone feeling so reactive yeah well, it's nice to think about why the symptoms are there. So if you're feeling bad, if you've got food intolerances, one, one little part of it is the SIBO bacteria. Probably what's also happened now, because by the time you end up with SIBO, things have been going wrong for quite a while. And that's for sure they broke the camel's back. Now we've got SIBO. Yeah. So the gut lining is probably very irritated and aggravated. And in our gut lining, we have around 500 million nerve endings. So just like our emotional nervous system, if we get annoyed all day long, we're going to be more reactive. Mm. So if those nerve endings in your gut have been aggravated all day long, they're going to be more reactive. Yeah. So you need to soothe and heal the gut lining as well. Uh, so it's not so reactive. If someone's had SIBO for a while, chances of them having some stage of leaky gut or intestinal permeability is quite common mm. too. So intestinal permeability is when the tight junctions of your gut lining separate they should fit together nice and tight like teeth so when the gaps become too gappy things can get into the bloodstream that aren't meant to and the body always wants to preserve the health of the bloodstream because once something gets into the bloodstream it goes body-wide so we yes. only want our, our helpful things like our vitamins our minerals things like that so if things are getting through leaky gut and into the bloodstream that aren't meant to the immune system is going to go into overdrive and oh no 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 you shouldn't be here kill 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 so then the immune system becomes overreactive and it starts reacting to foods that are considered harmless but now because it's a bit confused oh no this is harmful this is harmful so this is how we end up with food intolerances it involves the immune system the igg immunoglobulin g yeah. So that needs to be looked at as well. And then we need to look at, so you could be having symptoms because your motility is too slow. You could be having symptoms because you don't have enough stomach acid, so you can't digest your food. So you're just fermenting. So you get that reflux and the burping. Um, your large intestine microbiome will almost, almost definitely need a lot yes. of love. The most, <laughs> the most common reason <laughs> for relapse is not paying attention to the large intestine microbiome. Yeah. Uh, Google will tell you that SIBO is a high relapse rate condition, but yeah. not with my clients, not when you do it properly, not when you repair all the parts to where it's meant to be. So you asked me a question in the beginning, how did I get my SIBO? I can't actually tell you the one reason why. And everyone goes on about finding your root cause. Yeah. I can tell you that I had antibiotics a lot as a child. I had um, tonsillitis. I can tell you that I had a lot of stress um, in my youth as well. I can tell you that I restrictive dieted. Um, so I can tell you all these different things. And those were all probably leading into my SIBO. So even though I don't know that one root cause of my SIBO, I just repaired my whole digestive system. So now everything just works as it should. So 
like I haven't relapsed once in six years yeah I can, eat, I can eat all the foods um I have mostly a really healthy diet so you would never know that I've had digestive issues but also I have my sometimes foods so I can have champagne and cheese and I'm, and I'm fine it's yeah. not something I do all the time and it's nice to remember cause and effect so most of us know that if we have a big night on alcohol we're going to have a hangover the next day but sometimes people get upset that they can't eat pizza every day and feel okay mm. like pizza is not a health food yeah. it's a sometimes yeah. food yeah so, yeah it's crazy hearing your story because I'm like oh I'm just a younger version of you because I was exactly the same like my <laughs> sort of there was no one cause in a sense it was these collection of things but then also it didn't heal and I never got a relapse yeah. of SIBO but that's because I did all that large intestine work but then all the emotional work because there's so much stress and other things and motility and you know under eating and over exercising and low body weight and not enough fiber so it was like this combination of all these things you know that actually was probably contributing to SIBO in the first place as well yeah. as the ingestion of poor quality food in Bali so it was yeah. kind of like these combinations of things but yeah you're right it's it's not just one thing yeah. and relapse is and that's what I'm saying like a lot of people say oh there's such a high relapse of it and a lot of people you know get it again and that and then you go yeah but how many people actually follow through with treatment a lot of the time like they stop or they get fed up or they start mm. to feel good and then they stop or they drop off the antimicrobials or things so it, it is also a process and like you said when your clients work with you it's like okay we're committing to something and we're doing it and it's not easy straight away and you can't have champagne no, all the time while you're no. doing a SIBO protocol but that is there and there is a silver <laughs> lining in the end yeah. in sense. absolutely absolutely and I think like managing expectations as well like all my programs are a minimum of three months because mm -hmm. that's like the minimum amount of time that it takes to turn everything around so yeah. we always like the, I always say like the method is the same but the specifics are different based on the person that they, and the treatment that they need but there's always like a prep stage there's always the clearing out stage like if it's SIBO or LIBO when we talked about large intestine stuff then there's always a repairing stage and then a regrowing stage and that process takes a minimum of three months you can't rush it yeah and that's like yeah basis it's, of it it's time isn't it it's, yeah. it's time so is there a general is there general herbs obviously it's different for everyone that you like to use in clinic that you go I really like using these ones when I treat or you know is there do you have preferences yeah. for things for sure for sure so there's different um so I prefer the herbal antimicrobials so mm. to treat SIBO there's at the moment three options so either the pharmaceutical antibiotics which I don't like yes. uh, the herbal <laughs> antimicrobials or the elemental diet and um, I also don't like the elemental diet for treating SIBO because the, the, actually the results are um, not good. So I did a poll on my stories a while ago and of everyone that did the elemental diet, only 12% had good results. Wow. So it might be effective. for getting, That's awful. That's wow. awful. Who would yeah. go in with those odds? No, right? I yeah. didn't know that. So it might, so bad. So it might be helpful at getting the bacteria down, but mm. it doesn't heal the gut lining. It doesn't work mm. on the microbiome. It doesn't show a person how to eat. It doesn't reintroduce foods. And I often see a worse relationship with food after doing the elemental diet because it's so restrictive. Then mm. they start eating again and they eat the whole kitchen and just create a bit of a mess. Anyway, I don't know. So <laughs> herbal antimicrobials along with other stuff is my preferred method. Yeah. If you think about going into your overgrown garden and selectively pulling out your weeds, right? Mm -hmm. And then by the time you finish that, you've got this okay-ish garden ready to go. 
if you go the antibiotic route, and the ones that are typically prescribed placebo aren't the worst of the worst, but mm. pharmaceutical antibiotics is like setting your whole garden on fire. Mm. Yes, you got rid of the weeds, but you also got rid of everything else, and now you're going to start from below zero. So for the different kinds of SIBO, there's different antimicrobials that I use. So for the methane one, I use Alimax, which mm -hmm. is a certain extract from garlic, but it's had the fructans removed. So you can't just use any garlic because the listeners that I see <laughs> yeah. probably know that I'm garlic are the biggest triggers for the symptoms. Yeah. So Alimax has the gut, the fructans removed. So that one's specific for the methane SIBO, aka emo. And then I use berberin for the hydrogen mm. SIBO. Yeah. Um, berberin is my first choice. It is a pretty hectic supplement if you haven't done the prep correctly. Mm. So if someone just jumps straight into antimicrobials without making sure the liver is working well, without making sure channels of elimination are working well, then that one can produce like the nausea or loss of appetite or fatigue. So if that's happening, that doesn't mean the medicine is working. And your body's not coping with, with yeah. something. Yeah. I, I see that if it's like, oh, yeah. No. yeah. yeah. Um, and then for the, <laughs> for the hydrogen sulfide, I use a combination of um, oregano or oregano and berberine as well. Yeah. But those are the starting points and then always mm -hmm. adjusted to the person and what they need. So say, for example, berberine, it's um, also really good at lowering blood sugar, which is great mm. if someone's got high blood sugar. But if someone's already got low blood sugar, then you don't want to do that. So always looking at the person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's interesting because every practitioner slightly, you know, treats slightly differently in a sense. But those fundamental herbs are the ones that you sort of hear about a lot of uh, quite a lot and like Ali Max and stuff. You just go, yes, it's so good for so many things. But like you said, some people don't handle it or some people have reactions to things or whatever. So you're always individualizing yeah. it and changing it and treating it. But then really importantly, I do see a lot of people who have just taken antimicrobials like you said and haven't considered the other things around it or soothing yeah. or liver or healing or whatever and it can just be so aggressive on a body as well like yes the herbs but they're strong herbs yeah. for a reason for yeah for sure and another thing that we do with our clients is we see them each week because mm. things can improve really quickly when you get on the right track but they can also derail quite quickly so mm. we want to check in with what's going on and then also we're trained in this, you know, so we know when to push through, we know when something's not right. So yeah. is this something, is this symptom that you're having just like a little blip in the road or is this showing us that no, something's wrong? Yeah. And I, I get so sad when I hear people go to a practitioner and they get given a list and okay, come back in two months. It's like, but so much can go wrong in two months. So yeah. I need to um, regular consistent support um and check-ins is super important with SIBO treatment because you don't want to be doing the wrong thing for two months you can yeah. make yourself super sick yeah and it's that. quite overwhelming like you've got quite a yeah. few supplements and things plus you've got dietary stuff plus you're trying to address lifestyle changes as well like hey I yep. do need to reduce my stress or I need to exercise a little bit more or I need to do some more deep breathing or things so you've got all these different elements going on and if you're trying to work walk that journey alone I feel like that's that's quite a lot like that's a big ask absolutely absolutely and gosh Shane when you do consults or we do group coaching programs as well knowing that you're doing the right thing is so underrated as well like um 
I see people coming for their session and super overwhelmed, a little bit scared and, you know, just like talking them through like, yes, this is correct. This is correct. It's that sense of, yes, I'm on the right path. Renewed vigor. Let's do this. Cause it's not easy. Yeah. Like going through SIBO treatment is a lot. It's super important because SIBO won't go away by itself. Once you've got SIBO, you have to get rid of it. And if you just leave it, it's going to get worse and worse and worse over time. Whereas something like a microbiome issue, you, you can potentially eat your way out of that. You can potentially fix it all through food and lifestyle. But SIBO yeah. does need corrective measures once it's got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, so how do you work with women then? You said you do coaching and one-on-one because I'm thinking of you seeing all these women one-on-one every week. I'm like, how many how many persons are there? <laughs> but that's I mean that's amazing level of support but do you just do group coaching or do you see your clients one-on-one as well or how do you help these people so I actually have a I have an online clinic now. So there's myself and there's my team of naturopaths. So yeah. we've got um, gut health experts. And then I've got ones that also specialize in endometriosis because SIBO and endo often come together. Yes. I've got another naturopath that's SIBO plus thyroid because SIBO and thyroid comes together. So we have a whole team of experts now. And um, so my naturopaths do the one-on-ones every now and again. I might do some private one-on-ones, but... At the moment, my attention is on what I call, it's my group coaching program called SIBO Freedom. So I run that every couple of months. um, And then we do a lot of coaching together. So I'll lead the sessions and teach people the concepts. And then my team and I are individualizing the treatment plans because everyone still gets an individual treatment plan. That's super, super important. So that's a way that I can help more people. And then I also have some self-guided courses for the people with like different different needs. So there's something for everyone. Um, and there's at the moment there's only one of me. So yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I know. I I'm like, you do need so to much in a day. in a sense. And that's amazing. I just love how many people you can help and how I don't know. You're such it's, an inspiration to really me. I'm like, special. look at you. Thank you. And then also there's all the free content on my Instagram. So there's a lot of effort that goes into to Instagram. So I get a great, that's a great place to start. Like it's all free. It's all there. My recommendation would be to work through the content and take notes of what applies to you Mm. and let go of the rest Mm. because it's not, um, otherwise it can be overwhelming. And then I know for myself, if you give me too many things, it's like, oh, that's too much. I think I'm going to have a nap. (laughs) yes yes can you tell us your tell us your instagram and your website but do you have a podcast as well it's on the list jared and it's on the list i just saw you go have a proper mic i mean i do as well but i saw that and went oh i i have i missed that i'm like i've listened to you on plenty of podcasts but i didn't know you had one no so not yet um it's on my list and but i am on podcast so it is yeah. important and I have yeah. actually in real life I have a bit of a soft voice so I need a big yes. mic yeah. um, <laughs> so my website is just my name with a hyphen so Kirsten k-i-r-s-t-e-n hyphen green with an e-n-n-g-r-e-e-n-e.com and if you remember that one then that will take you to all the places it's pretty easy to navigate there's a little there's a whole free resources section my Instagram is kirsten.green.nd and then just about to launch the clinic as well so you'll see like the SIBA clinic coming out so that's pretty cool that's exciting that's super exciting yeah 
it's already going it's just kind of putting the name out there yeah 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 Yeah, no good good well thank you that's your a wealth of knowledge and yeah everyone listening please go follow her because i follow all cast and stuff and it is amazing and the content is really good and even for practitioners like myself i'm like i still feel like i'm learning so much so you know having someone like you or yeah yeah and just the podcast you've been on are so full of information or knowledge so i feel like you know once you've got a few experts that you can go oh yeah that's really good or that's really you know great and helpful and learning so thank you thank you you're so welcome thanks for having me i love it (laughs) thank you for listening to another episode of the empowered hormone podcast if you know a female who needs some empowerment please forward repost tag or share and let's get women talking